0: <laughs> did, did you know we're going there? There How we have it. Uh, happy twenty twenty two. We're still in twenty twenty two. Happy still, hour,
1: man. We just got here. It's not still. But, oh, hey, man. Well,
0: I, I I follow a Twitter account that tweets the percentage of the year that we're through already. Yeah, And it's like five percent. Wow. It's just like, whoa man, slow down. It was quick. Like slow down, man. Yeah. It was yesterday. Was twenty twenty, but sheesh. Any, any how you doing, man?
1: What's up? Doing, uh, doing, doing well. I mean, it's cold here. It's uh blizzardy and wind chill is at or below zero. I was on the to probably like in Alaska and said, how is it? And they said it's 20, 23, 28. It was about that here. And they were surprised to to hear that. But since so I'm getting, you know, I'm going down South, going down South where it, let's see, how's that something going down South where I. Take it easy, I'm going down south no more. Coming down south where Ba-da-da. living is easy. I don't I got Ba-da. nobody to please me. Something like that. That's uh, J- uh Castro. Johnny Tom, Tommy Castro. Hey
0: Tommy. Hey Tommy C. Hey. So I have a colleague now who lives in Mongolia and he was telling us the other day that his temperatures were in fahrenheit's minus 15 in celsius minus 26 but just like how like the i've i was in moscow in early december and we had let's see minus 15 celsius that's minus that's five close to zero. no five no uh, five five. Close, close to zero fahrenheit and it was just like Man, hard no, to breathe. No, no, thank you. Yeah, like you can walk around the city for twenty minutes, and then you're you need to seek some sort of shelter. And yeah, that was wild, crazy, man. So where'd you go? To where'd get I out go? of the the cold. No, the just out. into just into a coffee shop or or literally any clothing store or any anything like to get inside. Did so you do any? Did you go to any bars? I did go to some bars, and I was uh, I was disappointed with because when no I. No. When I was with my, when I was with the conference organizers, my Russian conference organizers, we would go out, we would go out to the bars and they would all order beer. And I, and I would be like, what the fuck, man? Where's the vodka? Like, yeah, I was told that uh-huh. when I came to Russia, there would just be vodka, vodka, vodka. And uh-huh. they were like, yeah, that's like what the older generation does. But yeah, sure. We'll order around. What the hell? And, uh, uh, no kidding.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, that's so, next generation stuff there well, that's yeah. interesting so I was, I was, were, they, were the
0: bars lively were they entertaining were they they were, were they loud large? there was it was the ones i was in were it was either just loud because so many people were talking there wasn't a lot of music per se it so was a crowd but then there was like uh, sports going on the screens and stuff as you would uh, as an american you would understand to come in a bar but yeah it, it that's my that's the coldest temperature i've been right. in so there's a Russian uh, restaurant
1: across the street from the, I think it's called the Washington Hotel in Washington, DC. It's famous because that's where Ronald Reagan, and so the the literally across the street from it, on this hill is this ancient old Washington Manor built in a, in a Russian manor, M-A-N-N-E-R. A manor M-A-N-N-E-R. built
0: in a Russian manor, yes. Yes, a manor built in a Russian manor. Were and they rushing when, when started, they were trying to build it?
1: No, they weren't. No. When you walked in, it was a restaurant bar, and it was all the fuck about vodka it was all about vodka there were 75 different vodkas the walls were lined with vodkas and the interior all the walls all the furniture were bright red <laughs> and so you were in a you were in a strange atmosphere and I, I learned bright. so much
0: about the russian symbolism when i was there that i did not know about the different number of stars and the two-headed eagle And those things that are like core to the Russian symbolism and stuff that I imagine were I to go to a Russian themed, like authentically themed place, that symbolism would just be all over the place. Yeah, sure. That's yeah. It, that reminds me a little bit of, have I told you the story about when I was in Antwerp, Belgium, and I went into a gin bar. Is that where you worked out and drank? No, not a gym bar, gin. Or you had to be Jim.
1: Your name had to be Jim to get in.
0: Yes. And it, and it was just me and a friend who were there and we had an hour and a half to kill before we were going to meet up with another friend. And so we went into this bar and they had like 150 types of gin because gin originates from belgium from the lowlands of europe huh i didn't Uh, know that yeah like whenever you think gin the city that comes to mind is london right because apparently london gin is like a type of gin it's not it's not related to where it's from so like you can make london gin in a place that's not london but anyway and it was this dark little place and there was like 45 pages in the menu to choose whatever the fuck gin you wanted and uh, What'd you get? But it was, and it was, and it, it was semi full of locals sitting at tables with little shot glasses of, of, of gin. And they, they would, it was sipping gin. Like you would, it, uh-huh. it was all pure, there's no, no mixing anything. And you would choose your, you would choose your gin and you would have your little sipping shot glass and sip from it for a while. And then I guess order another round or whatever, but try different kinds and yeah. And, uh, and all, and, and what was how, what was the temperature of the liquor? room temperature. And so it, it's just a totally different world oh to what, like in Spain and England, if you get something with gin, you're mixing it with something and it's uh-huh. going to be but on ice.
1: Gin and, and grapefruit is when I, it's about the only time I drink gin. And that's, that's before when I could actually drink grape juice. Now it's not a lot in my diet, so I don't drink much gin, but I'd enjoy that. It reminds me of, of going to a martini bar and and I got a I got a anchovy stuffed green olive martini and i was real happy with it i was real happy with it but otherwise i wouldn't have, if i had been at a martini bar i wouldn't have gone there
0: as you may recall anchovies is the local delicacy where i live there are plenty of actually no in spain your olives are generally not pitted they're not stuffed like your olives have the pits in them and so there's however there are you You can get olives that are pitted and stuffed with stuff and anchovy is a common thing, but also anchovy flavored olives is a thing. Uh, uh I, I don't know how they do that. I just like soak, soak them, them, them in the water with some anchovy yeah. remnants or whatever. So, you know, some fish heads, well,
1: anchovies, <laughs> anchovies don't look much more than a, than a sliver of some other fish. I just, I, I've been eating uh, them uh, every other day here on I mean, the Caesar salad that I make and uh, they're in a jar, uh, oil, wonderful from Italy.
0: I need and, uh, to bring you some of my local anchovies. Oh, yeah. If only I was going to be seeing you soon. Convenient. Oh. Like, let's see. So tomorrow, I won't remember having, having said that, but that future editing, Eric, will maybe make a note.
1: You just, you just went all blurry, man. What did you do?
0: No, this is a, I've had this problem lately with my webcam that it goes blurry and stuff, and it's not related to my sense of okay. cognitive function. Yeah, that also goes blurry and comes back. But it, uh, <laughs> this week, I've been interviewing some people for a job really to work for you to work with you to work with me yeah and that's i've made it to this point in my career and without having approached management as many people my age have but it it's strange to be on that side of the interview to be Uh, like i've done a lot of it i'm sure you have but just be like so why should i consider you you
1: (laughs) yeah yeah i have a story i have a story to tell you about an interview (laughs) but go ahead and so how'd it go
0: good we it had already been by someone who had interviewed like 25 people and they had narrowed it down to two people to show me which was nice and they were both great and they both i want both of them to work at my company but i want one to be the boss of the other if that makes sense like Uh one of them uh knows a little bit more and the other one has skills that would be really useful but isn't quite as analytical And anyway, uh, a couple hours ago, the one that that I wanted to be the junior sent an email saying, I would like to withdraw my application. So, Uh whatever. Uh Yeah.
1: God, you you know what you learned from that, don't let people meet you before they decide get somebody else to because that's probably what it was because listen he was interested till he met you and then he met you and then he's i'm not interested i mean i i don't want to to find a point on it but send him a questionnaire man
0: i'm confused i'm confused why it was she oh why she had her doubts because she is apparently a psychic and like talks to the stars and stuff which i did not know before the interview thankfully you're not
1: this isn't the punch. this isn't heading to a punchline no it sure sounds like a, a joke you've told
0: once or twice <laughs> no it's if you're such a psychic of, uh, why
1: don't you tell me is that the punchline
0: no the the joke is the this something about the psychic that never saw the, her business going out of i don't know whatever yeah so anyway that was a fun uh thing this week that i had and I consumed an entire series on Netflix that I could talk about. What have you been up to? You had a story.
1: <laughs> yeah, I do. I do have a story, interview story, but I, I will tell you that. Before that, you got a story. Yes, I do. I do. I will get back to it. But that I chanced on, as I was uh, thumbing through things, season one, episode one of Ray Donovan. Oh, God. One of, <laughs> so I'm into three or four seasons. <laughs> and, and I know it's difficult to think about it but i started carrying a bat around get a baseball bat
0: and i don't know it's okay I mean. to go back and, and watch series that you have loved because you, you forget about them like uh oh yeah in the last episode you were jealous not the last but in one of the previous you were jealous of my having gone back to watch succession from the beginning and you were like damn i bet yeah. i could i bet i could enjoy that whole yeah.
1: story and it's interesting that it not that it was necessarily on the front of my mind but I decided because of the dearth of new series at this point in the year that when I came upon it, I said, all right, cool. And so I binged on that rather than go back to Succession. I think in many respects, Succession would be much more entertaining to me. I love Ray Donovan, but I know all about Ray Donovan for, for 12 years of episodes. So this, Succession, this is going in their, what, their third season. And to, to go back, the beginning is in fact the beginning and not a not a bad way to spend time I But the other thing I've been doing is watching some football. Buffalo Bills. Back. The only team in the history of the National Football League that went to four Super Bowls in a row, year after year after year after year, and never won any of them. That was something like 80s or something. On the National Horizon. Pardon? When was that? Yeah, eighties. Yeah, eighties. Right, eighty-two, three, four, somewhere around there. But but so they got a quarterback who's six foot five and goes two sixty. It takes two, three guys to tackle him sometimes. When he throws, he's standing straight up, shooting it,
0: Shit. destroying his microphone. Nope, we lost you. Plug your mic back in, boy. Can't hear you. Plug her back in. Quarterback. Shit. So big boy
1: Buffalo Bill quarterback. Josh Allen, like Superman. Five times he had the ball, five times they scored touchdowns. Damn. First half. First, second, third, fourth, fifth. First time in the history of the franchise. And uh, he was like Superman, running it, passing it. And now we're down to the getting the finalists in the meantime, as if you give a fuck, but Matthew Stafford, who got traded out of the Lions, oh, man. playing for LA Rams, won his first playoff game, and his fourth try, and is moving forward, and gets to play Tom Brady and the Buccaneers coming up for a playoff. So that ought to be a hot number. And check this, our Buffalo Bills, my Buffalo Bills are playing my brother's Kansas City Chiefs. And there's three brothers who want the Bills, and only he stands alone in wanting Kansas City. <laughs> and we're hoping for a big movement it could be one of my two favorite teams in the super bowl that would be great it hasn't happened for a long time i usually don't give a shit who's right. in the Super. Bowl.
0: it's interesting but buffalo, i'm not all excited where does the name buffalo bills come from buffalo know? new york I, obviously yes i understand that part the bills part
1: oh their symbol is a bison
0: yeah and the first bison
1: according to To Indian legend, their name—they're all named Bill. So that goes back a long, long way.
0: Are you familiar with the longest English sentence using only one word? No. Hold on. Let me pull this up so that I so that I say it, the proper number of times. So, the longest English sentence with a single word is "buffalo." Period. So.
1: this is that's pretty astounding i suppose there's more to it than just repeating
0: no some of them are capitalized the verb to buffalo means to confuse Uh, or or to scare somebody like as i buffalo you repeatedly right and and then there's the animal called buffalo and then there's the city called buffalo new york so the idea is that this it can be translated yeah there, I've seen it translated in a nice way, but generally it means that bison from the city of Buffalo bully other bison from the city of Buffalo, and they also bully other bison from the city of Buffalo. So that's the general, like it's been diagrammed. Using okay, say it again, slower. Buffalo, 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 Buffalo,
1: Buffalo, 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 Buffalo. I'd have to see Did which get was it? Caps and which was yeah. captain, which was. Yeah. Maybe I could figure out. But it sounds it sounds interesting. I, uh, anyway, this will be in the show notes from that being from that area. That is, it's interesting. I'll send it in on the show to notes my and, brother. Uh, oh, speaking of entries, I sent you one forty one. I sent you a, a little a video clip just moments before we started. Did you happen to see it?
0: I happened to press play on it and saw that it was Will Ferrell, I think, doing something. But then, like you called, and I was like, "Oh, I need to right. shut down everything and talk to my well, friend."
1: So the only other actor in the little mini movie is two years old and she's playing a cop. Farrell is really afraid of her because of what she's saying to
0: him. Are they, but are they in the same room or is like he responding to a YouTube video?
1: It's I'm sure you would see it more the latter than the former, but But, good question. Yeah.
0: Because you can do some amazing comedy with taking, a video of some little kid being like, you know, tell me what to do or whatever. And then splicing in adult responses to that, which is basically what this podcast is because I know
1: you're, I can't believe the empathy that you have for me about what I have to go through. You're right. It's a struggle. Wait, which one are you? Are are you the two-year-old?
0: Sometimes it's all I can do to turn my computer on. Are you the pitulant two-year-old or are you the one that's splicing in all of the uh, clever remarks? I don't have to answer that. Who can tell? Exactly. Well done. That's
1: exactly what a comedian. I don't know. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Right. Right. I don't know. And you don't know. Neither. So. There you go. Here we are. I I have a, I have a selection for my talent contest.
0: Mm, As do I.
1: That I've, now there's two entries allowed and I'm not sure. Do you have two two
0: whole dollars to afford that? I'll scrape it together. All right. After poker night. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Right. Exactly. But I want to know if you go from one to the other and you do two at once or whether you do one and then later you do another one, I suppose that's up to the MC and I am the MC. so I, I, have
0: to I don't want, myself. I don't want two from the same person in right a away row, in a row. No. no, There's only so much Dr. Pudd that you can take before you need a, a, a respite.
1: <laughs> or any of us for that matter.
0: <laughs> Indeed. Yes. Yeah, so I've have, um, I've put together two numbers based on songs by I think the original authors are listed as um, Lennon McCartney. Ah, are my sources of inspiration. So, uh-huh. we'll see uh, how well that goes. The old standards.
1: I, I'm, I'm, I've got a, a dance number that I've alerted you to. Yes. And and I probably only need a piano player.
0: Do I need a physical dagger to dance to Mac the Knife? Or if I got an
1: encore, I might do Mac the Knife. But I'm thinking about doing. Uh, something from Whatever Lola Wants, Lola Gets. And it's uh, it's an old tune.
0: Do I need to practice uh, my knife throwing? For the knife? No, you'd be... Oh, <laughs> this
1: is a different tune. But no, there'd be no knives and you blurred out again. So it's discomfitting. That's, that's both which, mentally and visually. Which, met, which matches your mood. I don't
0: know why my camera goes blurry like that. With the
1: I think it beautiful is face that, that, that I have. I think the more beer you drink... What are you drinking?
0: I am prepared to start drinking the last of my Christmas abbey ales this one with the so normally the the bottle that has this has an abbey monk doing this exact Uh. same sort of head turn Uh and for Christmas they put the snow in the background and they set a hat on him but it um cool I'm I'm finishing
1: I'm at my new favorite anchor steam beer San Francisco since 1896 and I actually went to.
0: Uh, you would you would be embarrassed by how old this abbey has been producing beer, but whatever. How long? Yeah, it doesn't actually say on the bottle, but for sure, before that. 1492. At least, yes. Amongst, et cetera. The monks, etc. Here's Jay, old
1: chum. Hold on. Excuse me. No, it's too late. I already chose. It. Oh wait a second. Okay, all right. Okay, here we go. Do you have One. to drink
0: again? guy kind of looks like you. Right.
1: Clink. Clank. Yes. so... So I got time for quick beer. Five o'clock, you know, six o'clock in the afternoon. And the old dog saloon was open. And so I stopped in because they sell this Sanker Steen beer on tap. And go in and get it. And there's the owner and... He starts talking this or that, and there's another guy sitting in between us who is a shorter kind of pudgy and wild, long gray hair and a really long gray beard. Mm -hmm. And he sat in between me and the owner, who's a big strapping guy, who's a carpenter, construction worker, and just does some amazing shit. And I've known him for a while in this old bar. And we're talking back and forth. He's got a couple of dogs that need to be put down and always trying to feed him. And hence, the name of the, story. hence the name of the bar. Now that you mention it, it is quite pertinent, isn't it? It's <laughs> the Young Puppy Saloon. And when you call them and they, they leave a message, what it plays out is ruff, ruff, ruff. who let the dogs out? Ruff, 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 ruff. Well, yeah, of yep. course. And he he tells a, a story about the Steinbeck novel of Mice and Men mm-hmm. and how he left it for someone to read. And when they read it, they couldn't believe it. I think it was his his partner, who I also know, who's wonderful, running the bar, and uh, Nanny. And so I said, "Hey, that's that that book just came up in a Stephen King novel that I just finished. Oh no that shit! Is is about the JFK assassination and the guy who's in it, who can go back in time as an English teacher, and when he goes back to 1958, where he's going to tr- trace Oswald for five years prior, leading up to." And yep. what essentially is a two-minute time span, because when he walks back into the present, it's exactly two minutes later. It doesn't right. matter how long he's gone. But he comes back aged. So if he broke his bones, he's come back broken bone. And, uh, and so this, we started chatting about that. This other guy shows up and sits down, and he's listening, and he's got a story. Everybody's got a story about what they were doing with Kennedy was assassinated. And, and suddenly the guy in the middle looks up, and he said, man, oh, man, he said, you're talking to somebody who has been doing research on Lee Harvey Oswald since 1983 <laughs> and I am so I am so significantly involved that I was warned several times to stay away from it. And when I started saying stuff that I knew from a 690 page novel that Stephen King meticulously researched right this guy could finish my sentences. I love it. But he, he had these explanations, which were conspiratorial, right. of course, as I believe is the case. And we got into a crazy conversation about stuff. And at one point he said to me, that's because they took an atomizer and it was a spray and they infected him with cancer. That's how Jack Ruby died. And I went, whoa. So I go to the, I go to the, I I, I got to go. I mean, I've had a beer. I want to move on anyway. I go and I talk <laughs> to the owner a moment. And as I'm saying goodbye to this guy. He says, uh, he says, look into it, look into it, you know? And I said, listen, (laughs) I want you to read this book because Stephen King's novel is premised on the fact that Lee Harvey Oswald was a single gunman and he thoroughly believes it. So in the afterward, and uh, and it flies in the face of everything that I believe. And so this dude, and I said to him, and I said to these four guys, the four of us, I said, Hey, let's start a book club. (laughs) You guys read this and we'll come in here once a month and we'll talk about this. And everybody agreed to do it but uh, with no firm date on the next event, but I did finish it. And I'm so
0: pleased to, to be the initiator of this story. Yes. Your Christmas gift as
1: it is spoken. And here's the interesting thing is that I had, I really do need some type of chiropractic service at the least because my shoulder is roughed up from having to hold this book up as propped up in bed. It wasn't paperback. It was hardback. It was paperback, but it was so thick and so heavy it kept sliding off the pillow and, and, and landing on my chest and wrenched my shoulder. Oh, man.
0: <laughs> it's well, a big... I'm not taking blame for that, but taking credit okay. for the thought. I read every page. So, this is... It was never too much. This is one of my favorites of all the time travel stories. This is one of my favorites because of this. I love the restriction to the narrative where... Mm-hmm. When you go back and everything is like reset. Reset. Yes. And that's exactly. You go back and you fuck up and fine, you fuck up, but you can come back through the refrigerator or whatever the, the hole was in the wall. And, but if you go back, it's like, you can do it again and you can do this. I love this. Anyone who's ever played a video game knows this idea of. Okay, I'm gonna save my position right now and then I'm gonna go and try something really difficult. And if I fail, I can always come back to this safe position here. And it's very much that sort of scenario where you where he but then like they introduce the whole thing of like, oh, you fall in love and you live and you get married or and you live years with with a woman that you love, and then you go back through the hole and you like erase all of that. And yeah. that I love stories like that where you where it's just do I There. God, I hope any of that
1: got recorded. We'll see. Yeah, you just froze, man.
0: Yeah, my my Zoom crashed. Oh, so yeah, I love that concept of if your Zoom is going to crash, like you can go back and start from where it wasn't crashing. And the, in many ways, there's there's a lot of like all the good time travel stories are aimed at the people. Like I said, this about the Stand by Me thing, where it came out 30 years after it was set, and how it's aimed at the people that grew that now Uh have spending money to go and see a movie that grew up at the time that was set. And this, I I, probably a little bit later. What was the year? Let
1: me interrupt. Do you know the year of Stand by Me?
0: The that, that it came out or that it was set? No, no, it's set. It's set in the late 50s and came out in the late 80s. Yeah. Well, and and that's me. Exactly. And so uh, that this novel was set in a way that, um, and like for one, it sets the like just the title, the cover of the novel. There are people that will look at that title and know what it's about. But then there are people like me that didn't live that day and don't know what eleven three sixty sixty nine is or whatever it is eleven twenty two sixty three there you go see so that to me doesn't mean anything in a way that nine eleven two thousand one doesn't mean yeah. anything to my children, but it's fascinating and perhaps in twenty years there will be a novel written about someone time traveling back to nine eleven Yeah, and trying to stop that particular thing.
1: It was this. His approach to this was he had a lot to say about this, and he ruminated for over forty years because he started it. He wrote fourteen single space pages, nineteen sixty-three, and stopped and set it down. And then uh, a couple of years ago, he worked for thirteen months and wrote what became published published novel so what i enjoyed about it is that he wasn't in a hurry to yeah. tell the story and it had a richness to it that was never boring i never wish that let's get on with it it's like i started thumbing through and start i'm gonna scoop a couple of
0: pages i, I just read it and no one's a better storyteller than stephen fucking king like he's a master at that when did,
1: when did this book get first like 10 years ago oh it's that long ago I think I referred to it as new the other day. That's not the case.
0: What is what is 11 What's the, what's the title? 112263. 1122. 11-22. It um no, you're wrong. Wrong. The fuck I got Kennedy's death wrong. That's not good. Yeah, 11-23-63. You're right. That's just a uh, Wikipedia failed to fail me. This it came out in 2016. No, hold on. That's when the TV show came out. The novel was released in 2011, so 10 years ago. Well, so
1: I got to tell you, the, the discussion at the bar when this dude had been researching this since 1983, the stuff he started saying, I went home, I uh, cooked myself some uh, quick salad, romaine. Gar- parmesan dressing and, and nice oil, oiled the uh, anchovies, uh-huh. parmesan, fresh parmesan and sat down and Google checked out what was going on and came across none other than JFK through the looking glass directed by Oliver Stone. And it was this, I finished the book. I ran into the guy. I saw the JFK all in a span of
0: 24 hours <laughs> nice so the tv show is a miniseries with eight episodes with the theme music composed by j.j abrams and executives produced by j.j abrams it came out in 2011 no it came out in 2000 based on the 2011 novel it came out in 2016 starring Who carries it? the protagonist which i have told you before is played by james franco who really? I would not have pictured when I was reading the book, but he does a pretty darn good job. And it yeah, and a bunch of other actors that I don't recognize the names of play Al Templeton and Sadie Dunhill and Oswald and whatnot. But it that's now that you have seen, now that you've seen, now that you have read the book, the miniseries is worth checking out. And so.
1: who's what, where can I find it?
0: It premiered on Hulu. And I don't know where you can find it now. Yeah I, I just really enjoyed
1: it I picked, I immediately picked up my next book and I moved on into a new rather fascinating novel but I was pretty surprised at how quickly I read it
0: I knew that I knew knowing you I knew that was a, an appropriate gift so and my bookmark of course was the
1: was your note that said happy birthday or merry christmas motherfucker <laughs> podcast podcast crew happy hour. I I thought that was appropriate. It was, it was the most, oh, oh, did I tell you the story? How I found it?
0: No, because you told me quite, quite late. Like Amazon told me it has been delivered. And then four days go by. So
1: when you're walking up the little walkway to my house, there's a front door and off to the right, there's a fence and off to the left, there's a driveway. And sometimes people will, the front door is not open. So they'll walk around the left go up my driveway, go through my gate, and put it on my back porch, back steps. One day, I'm out in the backyard, and I go to my side yard, and I approach the area where that fence is stretched across the yard near my front yard, and there sitting on top of my air conditioning unit, which is reachable by leaning over the fence, is a package. And I said, what the fuck is this? What idiot decided this was the place to put it. Like I'm over in this corner of the house a lot. And the thing is, there's a path that goes to the left of my door to the backyard. It's, it's not like impenetrable. It's not. Oh like- man. I wonder which way most people go. They were in a hurry. And so I looked at, I was surprised it was for me. Cause most packages are for my wife. She's gets a lot and ripped well, it open. And I couldn't glad. believe it. Oh, I was thrilled.
0: I'm glad it was a thing thrilled.
1: for you. I was thrilled. I said, Oh my God, look at the size of this book. Let's start reading it. <laughs>
0: Oh, uh, so, too much fun i i watched a series this this weekend it's the third season of afterlife you have not heard of this uh-huh. because you don't have netflix yes it's ah, because you read the t- you read the news and the entertainment news and these things it was like the first two seasons just amazing he does this trick of making grief funny like he and but also like super poignant and he like his character in the entire series is is grieving over the loss of his wife, and he goes through different levels of I don't give a fuck if I die to. Well, maybe I should help. Maybe I should help someone, and in one se- in one uh, season, he like helps this other guy that is suicidal. Like he helps him succeed in his suicide. Yeah, it gets fucking dark, and it's. But he paints this picture of these people. In this no-name village of England, who are like they're just all losers. And he and every single episode, because the character is that his character works at the local newspaper. And so he is sent out on these assignments to go and interview people who where something novel has happened to them. And sometimes it's this 80-year-old man who has received three of the identical Christmas card from the local from from the local shops from diff, three different people. And it's just like, how what a coincidence that three different people sent me the same Christmas card. Like it's all this stupid non-news that he has to go and cover. And he's always so fucking cynical about it. He's like, yeah, okay, whatever. I guess I'll write a story about this, whatever. And and it's so it's just so it makes you feel good. It, like it's important to understand how two things both how shitty everyone else's life is, but also how in their shitty lives they can find little moments of joy. Uh-huh. And that's so instructive to to realize that, yeah, these people are, they live in, in this in these filthy houses. And yet when they have three tulips blossom on the same day, like oh my god i gotta call the local newspaper and this sort of level let's lower our fucking expectations for what it means Uh to be happy but at the same time he's like thinking to himself and expressing that i will never be as happy as i was where is my new normal of happy anyway it's a beautiful there are so many psychological and philosophical things to take from it and it's so i don't know rarely has a tv show made me laugh and cry that quite that hard like uh, the final episode, oh. my wife and I were like, we needed a lot of tissue paper. Oh, that's It was good. fucking dark. Good for you. But like dark in a beautiful way. Uh-huh. But, anyway, uh-huh. so much, much like our episodes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Yeah, so I'm, I got a, I got a new cover for my, my bed of my truck. Mm-hmm. And it's, I, no, it's black. Okay. It's a trifold. And I said, does it lock? And the guy said, it doesn't lock by itself, but if your tailgate locks, then it locks because you can't move this thing unless your tailgate is open. Otherwise, and I ran around. I said, no, I don't know. I, I never really checked. And I ran around and I looked at the, the little latch thing at the back of my truck, the gate of my truck and said, oh, it does have a key. All right, cool. So got. Oh, the so time. by
0: lock, you mean like with a key, not locking yeah. like a, no lock with a key, the, the tailgate because you're to, worried about someone stealing your my fishing gear or, my uh, golf cover.
1: clubs whatever i don't want people in my shit
0: oh no okay so it's not a it's not a thing that is a protective cover for your for the bed it's a thing that protects your oh, shit it's inside a it
1: okay it's a, called a tenant i think i don't know if i pronounce it right but it's tenu or ten cover whatever the fuck that means but it's i sure tri-fold. That's,
0: that's racist to some it's a tribe it's
1: somewhere whatever <laughs> it's a soft cover uh 400 bucks for 20 something like that Four and, and so i go out yeah right. I go out and I go to lock it. I said, let me make sure this lock works back here. And the guy's showing me how to fold it up. It takes two minutes. And I go and I look and come to find out that what I thought was a keyhole was in fact the camera for my backup mechanism in my truck. Exactly the same size as the keyhole, but missing, of course, the hole. any ability to insert anything. So I said, like oh, shit.
0: Speaking of conspiracy theories, don't you hate it when you, what you think is a keyhole is really a hidden camera?
1: Yeah. Come to think of it. That's not good. And so the guy said, oh, he said, I can switch it out for you for 160 bucks. And I said, ah, then I lose my backup. I said, and then by the time I got home, I said, I got to do this. I I don't want to worry about somebody going in the back of my truck. So you destroyed your back eye hole. No, I just, I don't destroy it. I just cap it. It can be rewired uh-huh. anytime in the future. In the box that the new one comes in, the old one goes in it. Gets wrapped, dated, and stuck in the glove box for the behind the seat for the rest of fucking eternity.
0: So when you're backing up, you're like a pirate with a iPad. Well,
1: there's a window in the back of the truck. It's not like I can't see.
0: There's yeah, a but It's not the same minute. as a camera there. No, of at... course not. But it's not
1: like I'm helpless and it's some kind of a panel van where I can't see out the back. I just it's not particularly difficult. But the thing is, I care more about the fucking lock in the back of the truck than I do being right. able to see something when I back up.
0: The van that I was driving in the Canary Islands, it's it like the dash, if you, the dashboard was like very the same as something from 20 years ago, but when you were in reverse in the rear view mirror, there was a little part that turned into a screen that would show the rear view camera, which was useful. That's what this is. I've never, but I've never seen a screen in a mirror like that. That's what this is. Okay. How about that? How about that? That's harmony. Harmonic, but, but but then you're covering your rear hole. I, I don't
1: want any further explanation. <laughs> I think you should stop right there, mister.
0: <laughs> okay. You would prefer more freedom in going backwards than you would in who's back there. That's fine.
1: Huh? Hey, what Beatles tunes are you going to be singing?
0: Oh, I don't know if I should like uh, reveal that. I, it seems like one of them is called Bless the Committee. And the other one is called Myrtle Beat in my rewriting.
1: So, two in origi- two, uh, your rewriting, two original tunes. Uh, right. Uh,
0: they will be performed. I, I, they need uh, revising, obviously, but yes. it's not, I don't know. I think it might, should be, should be a secret. And I can't, maybe you could do a dance or something to one of them, but I don't know that I need uh, backup. For sure, there's one where the chorus is obvious and should be accompanied by everyone involved. But yeah, it's, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. So we, you and I will not meet next week. And
1: uh, Actually, I've changed my plans. I will be here next week. Holy shit.
0: Okay. I, I'm going to
1: tack on a couple of the days of the trip at the end of the Myrtle Beach Classic and opt for post-Myrtle Beach time in so, Topsail.
0: I can't imagine that that's the Wednesday... When we will not be together, you'll be on the road not next week, but the week after. That's not gonna happen. So I don't know that we're gonna be able to record together unless we like why are you gone next week? No, uh, next week I'm here. Oh, but, and then that's it for but like the following week we're not gonna be. Right. Tell All me. right, we'll see y'all next week. Is time up already? I don't know, man. We can talk about another thing. I, I've been watching so after my after my afterlife binge, I went and I went. Netflix was like, Hey man. You clearly like Ricky Gervais. And I rewatched his 2015, I think, special called Humanity, where he, it, it's just a stand-up special. But he had some some solid jokes there. The, he had one that I was just watching before we started, where he talks about after you're 50, like they, everyone tells you that, yeah, when you get to 50, like things slow down, you're not so energetic and your body hurts. But he says, what they don't tell you is how low your testicles fall. Which is a thing that we've talked about. it's yes, all and, too frequently. <laughs> and he, he relates this story of being uh, like the older he's gotten, the richer he's gotten, and and so now like he has this really enormous bathtub that he likes to lie in, and and it, he noticed that he was it's two feet deep. Like he's lying with his butt on the ground, and he noticed that his testicles were like floating up at the top. And at first he was like wait a minute, testicles aren't supposed to float. Let's let's Oh God! Let's,
1: like bobbers,
0: Very bobbers. Let's let's, <laughs> let's 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 push these down. But then they popped right back up. <laughs> anyway, here's a great, uh, oh, too uh, funny. A, a great particular bit about, about that and, and getting older, but he's very, most of what he was talking about was how you, how comedians should be able to joke about ugly topics and, just because you're joking about rape, for example, like the, there are funny jokes about ugly, there are funny jokes about the Holocaust that can be funny without endorsing what they're joking about. Right. and And he goes around and around this. and it's very it's very interesting. like th- that it's sad that there are people that if you mention X, they will refuse to to engage with your whatever you're talking about. Because X is a horrible thing. But like you can make a no, the Holocaust is not funny. No, rape is not funny. But there are jokes around it that can be funny. And that's that fine line that comedians have to ride.
1: Yeah, it's, Ricky it's Gervais is one who pushes the envelope. I see a stand up bits. On YouTube all the time, and he's out of his mind with he'll say any damn thing.
0: but no, but it's all he's thought it all out in a way that what he's saying isn't that it isn't it should not be offensive, according to him, that yeah. it, but it um, and I've heard him discuss these things like in a serious context before where he talks about how, you know, it, you should be able to okay, so one one example that he gave, he he said, that this came from his older brother. He said this, that this woman came down to the police station and and she complained that, and she reported that she had been raped, And the police officer said, don't you mean raped? And she said, no, there were a bunch of them. <laughs> and And he explains that this is a joke about a, about a really horrible thing, but it's not like endorsing the really funny thing. It's a play on words around it. And that's what it, makes it acceptable. It is, in fact,
1: it is, in fact, making fun of it.
0: Exactly. And which, which, right.
1: And so for the... You're
0: not uh, making fun of the victim. You're making fun of the act itself yeah, or something. But anyway, that I found that really thought-provoking because it's... It, that comedians, man, they literally have to just live on that edge. And I've recently been listening to a, to a podcast by a couple of stand-up comedians. And they, they talk about how, because of the nature of their work, they have a hard time if they're uh, like, say they're on an airplane or something and they're talking to the person next to them or something, but then they overhear the person across the aisle saying, my boyfriend broke up with me and this and this. They no longer can pay attention to the person that they wanted to pay attention to because they have to be listening to this other story to gain this material about the human experience uh-huh. about to be able to joke about it. Yeah, anyway, that's, uh, that's about all I've got. <laughs> i'm out Is there uh, no tool of the week this, this week besides uh, so
1: yeah insulating a an attic space with a styrofoam that has a silver lining on one side of it and has a very thin plastic on the other and it's about an inch thick and i'm cutting it into place there's two tools that come to mind one is that before i affix the panel of styrofoam to the wall or to the ceiling I spray it with an adhesive spray, double mask, and spray it, stick it. That's tool number one. Tool number two is... Tool number one is the spray? The spray itself. Tool number two is the special tape that you use to put it over the top of that to join the seams. Mm -hmm. And it's called a blocket, blocket tape. And and so that's, I put it together. So of the two, I would... I would have to say the tape because I used a different kind of tape.
0: Hey, the tape wins.
1: Which was one tenth the cost, and it was such a pain in the ass that when I went to the more expensive tape, I said, "Now I know why it's worth it." Zip, 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 zip. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, we had technical difficulties tonight. You're going to have to do some splicing and dicing.
0: I'm going to need some tape to get this episode together. Am I right?
1: <laughs> You're right. Hey, and here's a high ho to Bob Saget. Speaking of stand-up comedians, too young. Yeah, I I agree. Too young. With that, we're out.
0: Love you, man. See you next week. See you next week, bro. Okay, that's it for episode number 141. You can find the show notes at happyhour.fm slash 141. You can help support the show at patreon.com slash happy hour. We would very much appreciate that. And after the next episode, Dennis and I are going to be actually in the same place together, which is going to be delightful. We'll see you next week.